All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves with John Scott and Tim Wurzberger and some special guests today again, Tim. It's another special day. Who do we have today? Well, gosh, it's getting close to Easter, so I'm working from home right now on Good Friday, and we got some special guests. Why don't you guys say hello? Hello. Hi. <laughs> All right. The hellos didn't go as planned, but they said they're going to be nice and quiet. It's Sophia, Estelle, Lillian, and Ava. We're missing Gabriella and Eleanor. They're still sleeping, but we got four of the six, so it's a family affair. You got who? Who's there with you, Tim? I got Ronan here. My this is my our last night together. Will he say anything, or he's just a good dog? He's nice and quiet. He's nice and quiet. Unless a squirrel walks by the window, then he's going to start barking. Oh, let's hope for that squirrel. Get him on air. But anyways, how are you doing, Tim? Doing good. Yeah, doing good. Looking forward to a long weekend. I got a half day today myself, so it'll be, uh, it'll be nice. Very good. Well, there's been some big news. One of the friends of our show is slowly approaching one of the biggest records in the NHL. You know, a record that many thought wouldn't be hit for a while, but now with players, you know, the longevity in the game, like I said, a thousand games isn't what it used to be. Patty Marlowe, he just passed Mark Messier for second all-time in games played, and he's very, very quickly approaching Gordy Howe, who has 1767. So Patty has 1758. That's 1758 games. That's a lot of hockey. Like, are you just saying that number is incredible? So he has 10 more games to go until he passes Gordie Howe. Now, break down this record a little bit, Tim, and the interesting tidbits that have to happen in order for him to pass this record. Yeah, so like you said, he's, he's got 10 more games to uh, pass Gordie Howe. And if he plays every game that the Sharks play, he'll do that on April 19th in Las Vegas, which is kind of a bummer that it's not at home. But with the fans not all there, it doesn't really make that much of a difference anymore, I would guess, anyway. Um, The only problem is the trade deadline is April 12th, so about a week before he would break that record. So there's kind of like a big choice he has to make. Does he want to hit that milestone as a Shark and probably retire at the end of the season? Or does he ask to get traded to a contender for one more run at the cup? Um, Kevin Kurz of The Athletic asked him about this the other day, and he basically said, like, 
I'm not going to actively look for it, Trey, but if it does happen or if a team wants me, I'll seriously consider it, which is just his way of saying, like, yeah, I still want this, I think. He's such a, a just a, I don't know, soft speaker. I don't think he would make any bold claims anyway. But he said, yeah, that's still my goal, to win a Stanley Cup and something to consider for sure. So, really, he's got a pretty big choice here. Um, and, John, what do you think he should do? Did he stay as a Shark and just, you know what, call it a career and have this nice moment? Or did he take one more run at things? Well, there's a couple of things in play, I think. First would be, what a team actually want Patty Marlowe? And this is, this is an honest question at this point in his career. What does he bring to an organization that is different from another player on their current roster? Where does he slot in? Is he good enough to supplant a player that's on a Stanley Cup contending team? So that's a question you have to ask yourself. Can he go to a Vegas Golden Knights and just take out a fourth-line guy? I don't think so. So that that's an honest question you have to ask yourself. And then B, if he does get traded, if he goes to Canada, he has to quarantine for 14 days. And he's basically just eliminating himself from Gordie Howe's record. So those are the things you have to throw around. I myself, being around Patty, talking to Patty a few years ago when we had dinner with him and went back to his hotel room and did, a, did an interview, he wants a Stanley Cup. Don't you think that's his oh, priority? Yeah. He wants it bad. Yeah, so I think when it comes to importance, the Stanley Cup is one and this record is two. When he's going to look back at his career, it's going to be hard not to say oh, – it's, it's so strange to think that you can look at a career that potentially has the most game played, most games played in NHL history and call it a failure. But when you've played in the league for 20-plus years, right? Like how – I don't know. Would that be considered a failure if you look back on your career and you don't have a Stanley Cup sitting on your shelf? Like, uh, Mind you, I don't have one, but I wasn't one of the best players in the league for 10 years. I was a schlub who just kind of lucked my way around the league. Would you consider his career a failure in a way if he, if he doesn't get that cup? I mean, no. Fail, no, that's a, that's a strong word. I mean, look at his, his body of a work. Disappointment. Yeah, but maybe he's disappointed, but his career is not a disappointment. If you look at, like, the All-Star games, the goals he scored, the playoff runs, the Olympic gold medals, like, he's done just about everything you can do in this league except win a cup. And I know that's really the biggest one, but still, like, the word failure and disappointment, I don't think anyone's attributing that or attaching that to Patrick Marlowe. And I don't think – I mean, yeah, maybe behind closed doors he's going to talk about how disappointed he is to not win, but he's not going to – say, yeah, you know what, this career, the last 22 years or whatever were a failure or disappointment. I don't think that's the, the mark at all. So put yourself in his shoes again, his beautifully tailored Gucci shoes. You have the option to go to a team that is in the middle of the pack. Say a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins again, or a team like the, gosh, a team that's not really competing that isn't one of the favorites of Florida Panthers, Boston, Boston, would you accept that trade knowing that most likely your chances of winning the Stanley cup are very slim, but at least you get to compete for it. Would you say yes? Or would you just accept your fate and go out in San Jose and just, you know, enjoy the moment with your family? That's a good point. Like you said, like who's who wants to trade for him and who could use him? And those, those top, top, top teams, There it is. Yes. Squirrel walked by. Squirrel. Hey, relax. Um, like Tampa Bay, you know, Vegas, Colorado, those teams probably don't need them. Yeah, agreed. And There's a fun, fox outside. 
There's a fox outside. Let him yeah, know. Yeah, it was a dog's taken off and it was carrying something in its mouth. And this must have got a uh, one hunting this morning. Oh, nature all around us. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But yeah, well, to touch on your point, there really is only four to five teams that I can see winning a Stanley Cup right now. And does he fit on the Toronto Maple Leafs? I don't think so. Does he fit on Vegas, Colorado? I don't think he fits on any of those teams, Tampa Bay. So maybe you know what team where he would fit on? The New York Islanders, potentially. Slotting him on the fourth line, giving him kind of minor minutes, maybe 10 minutes a game, 11 minutes a game. That would not be a bad spot for him to fit. But again, they have such a strong lineup. They just absolutely dominated the Washington Capitals yesterday, eight to four, putting their stamp on that division. So I don't know where he fits on one of these really, truly Stanley Cup contending teams. But, you know, if he could catch fire with Boston or a team like that, it would be exciting. But to, what do you do, Tim? Well, here's a question too. Before the, here's, before the fox interrupted your thought process. Here's a, here's a here's a good question. Like, if if you're Marlowe and say you can just wave a wand to be on any team you wanted, would you rather be on a team like a Boston or an Islanders or something like that, where you can get like a fourth line slot, but your your chances aren't as strong, or go be the thirteenth forward for Vegas or or Tampa Bay? Well, you probably not. What if you don't even play in the Stanley Cup? Oh, you still get boy. the ring. You still get the. I'm sure they'll still hand him the the trophy first. But like, what's would you, do you take uh, that, or is that just too much of? Is that just not the same thing? I think you have you have to have some sense of pride, and I I do feel like he wants to go somewhere where he can contribute. Yeah. I don't think he would take that trade to be like, you know what, I'll go there and I'll be a black ace and I'll sit on the bench and I'll sit in the press box and cheer you guys on. He would if he had to, but that would not be his first, second, or third choice. I think he would stay in San Jose before that. I think he would go to a team that wasn't a true Stanley Cup contender before that was ever. That's a good point. What if a GM just picks up Patty Marlowe as a depth piece to never see the ice, to maybe there's an injury to a guy down the road? That's an interesting play, Tim. I, gosh, I could totally see that being one of the – and then he doesn't get the record. Because he goes there and doesn't play. Oh, what a tragedy that would be. And then he loses in the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, that would be a lose, lose, lose all, over, all around. If that, that is happened. a Greek what, tragedy. Or, it could possibly happen. And then what happens, like if he goes to a Canadian team, for example, um, and he has to quarantine, doesn't get the record, does he come back next year? Say it's like three games that he needs. Does he come back next year and play those three games and then call it quits or, or what? Or do you think he just hangs up no matter what at the end of the season? Like Al Bundy did for Paul Kai when they didn't give him his touchdown record and he went back and anyways, that's a long time ago. You probably don't even know what that all my children or married with children. I can't remember what the title of that show is, but anyways, yeah. no, I don't, I don't see him doing that again. Like I said, he's a very prideful person. He, he doesn't want to be the butt of a joke or to do anything unless he's worked for it. I, I can't see him coming back and playing three games just to, it, that would not do tribute to Gordie Howe. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it would just kind of make a mockery of the whole award itself and the whole idea of, okay, the girls are starting to get a little wild right now. We've got to move on. Uh, if, well, before we do one question, what would you do, John? If you're, if you're a Patty Marlowe in this situation, what do you want? Well, you know what you touched on early on the fact that there's no fans in the stands really does change the way this award is looked at because there's no one there to celebrate it with them and really in san jose there's only a handful of guys on that team who he knows it's a very young team all the faces that he has played with over the years are mostly gone there's the burns couture and hurdle but other than that it's 
it's a nobody. It's a who's who of nobody, really. So if I'm Patty Marlowe in this situation, I'm looking for a trade. I, I'm trying to get out of there. I want to win a Stanley Cup. I want to go out as, as a champion like Ray Bork did when we talked to him. Like, what a way to go out. And what's, what's funny is that him and Joe Thornton are in the same boat right now. Joe's on a very successful team that has a chance of winning the Stanley Cup. How great would it be if they somehow, some way, squared off in the Stanley Cup finals? I don't know. That would be such an unbelievable moment to see those two battle it out. They came in together. They would go out together. One of them would win the Cup. So whatever he does, I'm sure he'll make the right decision. He's a smart guy, but, man, he just can't catch a break. He, he You know, he, he's been traded to a few teams around the way to try to get that Stanley Cup, and it didn't really work out. He went to Toronto, and it didn't really work out. He went to Pittsburgh, it didn't really work out. So hopefully he can find that magic uh, formula this year and get on a team that, you know, can use him. He doesn't need to play 15, 20 minutes. Spot him in there. Let him let him do his thing, fly up and down the wing, and maybe we can see him with the Stanley Cup at the end of the year, Tim. All right, so moving on, we a couple quick hits. Uh, first of all, we had two major, major goons in the league this it's week. disgusting how these guys have taken over the league. Honestly, it, it, it turns my stomach. Yeah, um, and I thought we were trying to weed out these type of players, but here they are still making lots of money doing their thing every night. It's, it's just not right, John. Gary's got to step up and do something because if these, these types of players continue to do what they do, they're going to ruin the game. I want a fast-flowing game, and these guys are just they're bogging it down with their style of play. Yeah, so Connor McDavid was fined five thousand dollars. His name makes my skin crawl. <laughs> he was fined five thousand dollars, which is the max under the CBA for a high elbow to the head on uh, Kokaniemi from uh, Toronto. Which you saw the hit, John. What, what did you think on that? I thought it was fine, and I, I people are all in uproar. Oh, if it wasn't Connor McDavid, he would have been suspended. He gets all the this and that. Everybody treats him with kid gloves, and they're not. It was a fine hit. He, Connor was frustrated. They were losing. Montreal had been, you know, really working over Connor that game. He's been struggling of late, and he wanted to take out his frustration on Kokanemi. And is that Kokanemi? But yeah, no I, don't, right I don't think it was that bad. I think a lot of the times the aftermath of the hit, the follow through looks worse than the actual hit itself. And I think this was the case in this set where he does hit him and the follow through the extended arms, the leg raising Koki and Emmy going down like he got shot doesn't help, but it's a fine hit. Even the 5,000 is a little extreme. I, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, it is ice hockey. People are allowed to hit. And just because it's Connor McDavid, like, just, just pump the brakes. It, it was a fine hit. I don't know why people are getting so upset about it. Well, unlike your hit on, on Erickson a few years ago, I think this one, he really was like, it was shoulder to shoulder. He followed through with the elbow. So you can, you can look at like a freeze frame that just makes it look like he's elbowing the guy in the head. But if you watch the video, that's not what he did. Um, so it's just, it's just one of those hits. It happened quickly. Yeah, he probably worthy of a penalty, maybe. Um, but that's about it. I don't think it was really that bad. It's funny that they fine him $5,000. Connor's like, oh, yeah, I think I got that in my couch cushions. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, don't. This, oh, yeah, that's, that's fine. I, whatever. I, I, a good commentator in Canada, Kenny Reed, one of my friends, texted me. He's like, can you believe all the outrage with Connor McDavid? I'm like, I can't. It's just people are just trying to find ways to be upset nowadays. It's just, it was a fine hit. If you don't want hitting in hockey, then don't watch the game. It's a part of the game. Connor McDavid is allowed to hit. It was shoulder to shoulder, like you said. The follow through doesn't look great. If you if you snap a picture of it at the perfect time, like people do with my hit on Louis Erickson, it's just like, oh, he hit him with his elbow. No. When you naturally hit someone, you hit him with your shoulder. 
And then once you make that hit, your elbow follows through because there's nothing holding your shoulder in anymore. So it is what it is. It's a fine hit, $5,000. All that fine money, do you know where it goes, Tim? Uh, I don't know. Batman's pocket? No, it goes to the Players Relief Fund. So it's actually all right. So the players that are in trouble who need the money, who, you know, once they leave hockey, they're, they're having financial issues or mental issues or kind of substance abuse issues. It goes into a fund and it helps all those players. So I'm okay with the money. It's going to a good place. But again, it puts a little tick on McDavid to where he's been fined. So if he does get a bad hit next time, he can be suspended to a higher rate because he has something on his record. So that's the only thing where if, if he does kind of catch a guy in the wrong way, he's now a repeat offender. And that ups his suspension even more so the next time. So but that's one of the two goons. Did you want to touch on the second one or is there any more points on this guy? No, let's go to the second one. And, and, and uh, the McDavid one is like, it was a hockey play, but I mean, it was a boom, boom play, maybe a high hit, maybe not. Nathan McKinnon <laughs> used his helmet as a bowling ball and just threw it at Connor Garland's face. So basically they kind of tangled up and, and McKinnon's helmet came off and there's a kind of a scrum in the corner. And I don't know if the whistle had blown at this point already or not, but McKinnon comes back with, his, with Garland's helmet and just throws it at him. Garland goes down like he just got shot in the chest. <laughs> um, I've never seen anything like that before. Have you? I've seen it during um, a fight where someone's helmet gets caught in your hand and you have it and it's kind of used as a weapon in that way, but never where he he consciously grabs it and he underhand bowling ball throws it. It's amazing. And then to nail him right on the beak, we just watched it a few times and I can't help but laugh. This Connor McGarland's reaction. I'm calling him Mick Garland because yeah. of all the McDavid's and McKinnon's. Everyone's got, everyone's got a Mick associated with their game in this episode. But Connor Garland just takes it right on the beak. It's such a perfect throw. Like, it's really great. Uh, I well, he's an athlete for sure. You know, he's not going to miss that. It's a it, well. What can't Nathan McKinnon do? I would like to see him on the lanes. Honestly, he probably bowls a three hundred. Like that was a pretty good accuracy in the heat of the moment to just go well, bangle right off the nose, and then to attack him afterwards. It's a good move. Yeah, yeah. So he was fined five thousand dollars as well, just like McDavid, which again is the max under the CBA. Um, so a lot of money going into that relief fund. But yeah, which, McDavid and McKinnon, it's just not a good week to be a superstar. They, they got a target on your back now. I feel like he should have been suspended. He got he got kicked out. He got a 10-minute misconduct. And, but and, that's a suspendable offense. When you take um, a weapon at that point and use it on another player, yep. like that's the same thing as grabbing a stick and, and ripping at somebody. Like it, It's just one of those things where, okay, McDavid, maybe a $5,000 fine. McKinnon, that's only a $5,000 fine. That should be a one or two game suspension in my mind. That's a pretty dangerous move. If he catches him somewhere in the eye, you, it could do some damage. <laughs> it looks so funny, though. It really does. So speaking of the avalanche, I was doing, digging through some numbers, and Miko Rantanen, we have to talk about him for a second. In the month of March, he had 17 games played, scored 13 goals, 12 assists for 25 points. And it's, you got to ask the question, like when you talk about the best players in the league, you never talk about him. He might be the most single, most underrated star in the league. Just the, the numbers that he puts up, the way he scores his goals, he's got a heavy shot. He can dangle. He can play the body. He's just a good, good player. He's not afraid to, to mix it up in the corners, but he's also got speed to, for days. How do you think he's, I mean, if you're making a list of underrated players, he's got to be up there, right? Well, yeah. When you told me these stats, I was shocked because – Whenever you think of the Colorado Avalanche, who are the first few players you think of? 
Uh, McKinnon, Landeskog, Kale McCarr, and now probably Grubauer too. He's having a great year. Yeah, he's not even really in the conversation. Yeah, the serious hockey fans know know about Mikko Rantanen, but he is, I would say, the most underrated player because I had no idea he was putting up this many points. And when you look at the Colorado Avalanche, they, they have the Nazem Kadri, they have the, the Brandon Saad. When they can roll out this many talented players, it's, it's amazing that Joe Stackick has been able to put together this team. Honestly, it, it's mind-boggling. I know they had a down year last year. Everyone was like, what happened to Colorado? They made a few trades. I think trading Nikita Zadorov to Chicago for Brandon Saad was such a smart move for Colorado. Now they have two solid, solid lines that can go out there and they scare any team they line up against. So I don't know. Is there any other players you can think of? Maybe, maybe a Sebastian Ajo in Carolina to where he doesn't get any recognition because he plays on Carolina. They're not a very sexy, high-profile team. And Colorado, you can put in that same vein, but I don't think as much as Carolina, where Carolina really has flown under the radar the whole season. But to go back to Rantanen, he is exciting to watch. He really is. He is supplanted. I don't want to say he's supplanted Landeskog, but he's definitely number two on that team. Yep. It goes McKinnon, then Rantanen. And then, gosh, I don't even know where Landeskog falls anymore. I would say Kadri is above him. I would say Brandon Saad is above him. And then you have to look for Landeskog. So that, the amount of talent on that team is really, really scary. I, I think they, gosh, they, they have to be the, the favorites right now going into the playoffs, I would think. Speaking of underrated players, too, Adam Fox out of the New York Rangers. For the month of March, 16 games, he had three goals, 17 assists for 20 points. And again, like everyone's kind of buzzing about him right now. So I guess you couldn't say he's totally underrated just because people are talking about him. But if you're making a list of like the best defensemen in the league, I don't think you'd, you'd probably name 10, 12, 15 defensemen before you go, oh, yeah, Adam Fox is really good too. But he's like legit. He's logging the heavy minutes. He's putting up some crazy points. He runs the power play. I mean, he's, he's going to be wearing the A on his jersey pretty soon if he's not already yet. Like this is a guy who's absolutely just one of the best young studs in the league. And I don't remember the last time we had this many good young defensemen with Fox, with McCarr, with Hughes, with Heiskanen, like all these guys, Darlene, Shabbat. Like these are, these are just the next kind of the generation of like the, the best defensemen in the league. And, and Fox is right up there with anyone in this league. And maybe, I mean, he's having better years than all the other guys we mentioned. So he's just, he's off to a great start. I, I wish I kept him in fantasy hockey. I did not, but that's the way she goes sometimes. Yeah, I feel like the way the league is trending, just with with the the exclusion of fighting, with the, the way the penalties are being called with the hooking and the hold, and you can't just bomb in and nail defensemen anymore. The you know, the the elimination of the touch icing, it has really made it more enticing for skilled players to play defense. You know, back 20 years ago, 15 years ago, even 10 years ago, all of the skilled players played forward. You know, that, that's where you got the puck. That's where you can make, the, make a difference. But the way the game has changed, the way the defensive systems have improved, you're seeing more and more skilled guys jump back on the back end because you're not getting hit like you used to. You're playing more ice than you, than you would be if you're a forward. You're, you're encouraged to jump up into the play. So you see these guys who have this frame, like Adam Fox is 5'10", 170 pounds. Like he's not a huge guy. So these guys who are typically forwards are jumping back on the back end. And they're making a, an immediate impact. It's really neat to see the Cal McCarr, the, the Gerards, the, the Hughes, like all these guys are not big guys. Like you, you usually see when you used to see a draft for defensemen coming into the NHL, the average was, you know, six, one, six, two, 220 pounds. That was the norm. And now 
it's not unusual to see, you know, 5'8", 5'9", 5'10", 160 pounds. Like these are small little skill guys who are jumping on the back end and making a, an immediate impact. Though I think that's a really direct correlation of just the way the league has gone. Because you'd be crazy if you were a GM 20 years ago and draft a guy um, Fox's size. You'd be laughed out of the, out of the uh, draft room because he's going to get killed. He's just going to go in there. He's going to get just bashed around the boards, and guys are going to take advantage of him. But the game's changed. It's all offense. These guys need to move the puck. And a, a team, like I said, you got to have guys in the back end who can come and join the secondary rush. And he's a perfect example. So I don't know. I, I think it's a good thing. It's very exciting when you can see these guys. When you when we first started talking with this Fox guy, initially I'm like, yeah, he's got to be six two, six three. You know, he's having a good year. He's five ten. Like he's a small little dude. So. Very exciting. Will he be one of the top 10 guys? I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but it's very exciting. All right, a couple more quick things before we wrap up. The Canucks are dealing with some t- positive COVID tests, so they're canceled at least the next three games, so basically through the weekend. Um, it could go beyond that. I think it might be another Fox outside. And, uh, yeah, so they kind of th- something to keep an eye on, and, and they are going to have to make up these games at some point, so you see the playoffs continue to be de- delayed a little bit. Did you just say Adam Fox is outside? <laughs> no there's that's a dad be- joke i'm sorry it's <laughs> terrible i apologize everybody um all right last thing and i we gotta just give some props where they're due the buffalo sabers have won a hockey game that's you know what they deserve it yeah they really do they they won their first game in over a month very exciting for them yeah yeah hopefully they start happening in bunches now don't let the sabers get hot john i'll tell you that don't let them turn into the streak <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I was thinking about their team. They're not as bad as everyone says they are. Yes, they've, they've, they lost 18 in a row. Yes, Jack Eichel doesn't want to play. You know, they, if you really look at their roster, they're not that far off. You know, w- when you want to build a team, you want to build strong down the middle. They have arguably one of the top five centers in the league in Jack Eichel. You want to have a strong back end. If Rasmus Dahlin can find his game, I, I don't want to write him off just yet. He's only 20 years old. He's, he's still a kid. Typical Buffalo fashion, they rushed him into the lineup. Maybe they should have you know, protected him a little bit, sent him to the minors or sent him back to Sweden or wherever he was to play to kind of get some experience. But he still has some time to grow. They, they have a decent core. If they can get out from a couple of these contracts, the Skinners, they could maybe be a good team. So I don't want to write them off totally for the years to come, but good for them to get the win. It really does put the final nail in the Philadelphia Flyers coffin. That was, they should have lost both of those games. They, they snuck out of that place with, with a win because they should have lost the first game when they were losing three, nothing in the third period, but good for Buffalo. They lost an overtime last night to the Rangers. So they're on a little momentum. They got a, they got a hot streak. You know what's going to happen? They're going to go on a hot streak and just win enough games so they, they don't get the first overall pick. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, Typical Buffalo fashion. They, they win enough just to get the second or third overall pick. I don't even know if that's within reach, though. Like I feel like they're just so far behind these other teams. They really have put themselves in a good position for that number one overall pick, Tim. Yeah. Anything else, John? No, that's it. I got to go make these kids some breakfast, and uh, you got to go find that fox. Maybe yeah, we might go hat. fox hunting now. That's amazing. Next time, next show, next week, I want to see you with the fox fur hat on, the tail down the back. That would be nice. That'd it was pretty perfect. big. I thought foxes were small, but this guy was the same size of a dog. 
well-fed fox they're you know what now is the time of year too because all the little cur- the rodents and animals come out and they're looking for food and a fox is just like jackpot rabbits and squirrels and chipmunks and moles it's just a smorgasbord of food for that little fox there was a bear running around the other day by meyer there's the animals there. be careful tim the animals I will. are hungry that's good advice thank you john all right i'm always here to help anyways everybody have a good easter get out there enjoy the weather what's that What'd you say? My, my kids want to say goodbye and happy Easter. All right, girls, ready? Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. All right. Signing off here from the Star House. Okay. All right, everybody. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 